Bailey and Harper, we are back better than ever. Rolling. Episode 54. You know how we do it. What is customary? What is tradition? The best athlete, the best baller to ever wear the number 54. Roman Harper, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Kyle, good seeing you, man. Uh, been a little while. Yeah, um, been a minute. But we're going to speed through this thing anyway, so it doesn't matter. Well, it's a quick version, right? You're going. You're, you're about to hit a trip. All we've been doing is trips lately. Very true. You, I went to New Orleans. I went to New then Orleans. You went to New Orleans. Now you're going back to Alabama, and I don't know where I'm going next. I, my wife just told me a couple of minutes ago. But uh, 54. I think I, I, I can I guess who you're going with. Go. Uh, it's either Erlacher or Brewski. Oh, I'm definitely good. You got one of them. Did I? Yeah, you did. Who? Teddy Brewski. Okay, I thought so. 13 years, three-time Super Bowl winner, All two-time right. All-Pro. And when I think of the number 54, he was the first person that came to my mind. Um, I also look back, a guy named Zach Thomas, middle linebacker from the Miami. Dolphins was another great player. I, I, I love Brian Erlacher, but he's kind of stepped on some toes uh, since his post-career. Not only with now all of a sudden looking at him and having a full head of hair, but some of the shit he said off the field has kind of rubbed guys the wrong way. Yep. Um, and I just don't vibe with that. But, I've um, heard about that. And he's genuinely uh, – I've met him a couple of times, been around him, a genuinely a nice dude, but, you know – if you say certain things, people can be done with you for a while. You got to understand, you know, first impression. Especially in this day and age. Yes. Especially Man, for real. So where, where people are is. actually afraid to be associated with you if you said something to somebody else that is mildly offensive. Yes, but correct. But in this case, possibly, you know, greatly offensive. But so I got one for you. We're in the 50s now. So my, my, the automatic, like, gravitational pull, now that we're in the 50s, is to go with a linebacker, right? You almost, I feel like almost obligated. Or when we go to do an episode, I'm like, well, we're in the 50s. Who's the linebacker I'm going with today? Are you going against the grain? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. The I man, think I know man, you're going with. The man who made Rex Specs Oh, cool. Horace. Horace Grant. <laughs> Horace Grant. You know it. Horace Grant. <laughs> number 54 in your programs. Number one in your hearts. Horace Grant. I like it. I mean, Horace Grant uh, was great with the, the Bulls. He was great with the Orlando Magic, um, with young Shaquille O'Neal. I, I just – he was really good, man. He was the first guy I ever seen on a video game with Rex Specs. Right. Like, every – you know, guys that wore him before, they never made the video game. Nah. He was the first one. He made him cool. He did. He did. He, did. he, he did. made him cool. And I don't know if he was the first to wear the, the colored – Rex Specs that matched uh, his uniform. He had a. He but I had feel like those. he might have been. He had those though. I feel like he might have been. So like he's a Clemson guy too, which is interesting. I didn't even know that. Went to Clemson, but even more topical for this week. Born and raised in Augusta, Georgia. Oh, the Masters. Beautiful. This I week. mean, I sat up and watched it all day yesterday. You, oh, I knew, I figured you would. I mean, Tiger one under through one. It, you know, it's so amazing, Kyle, when, you know, not only is, you know, Augusta, you know, the Masters, they don't even need a sponsor. They're not sponsored by anybody. No, they are the Masters. The masters. Mm-hmm. Like, it's period. The cost of everything there is still just like a dollar, a dollar fifty. Pimento cheese sandwich, a dollar fifty. That's what it is. Been that way for like 50 years, they said. Yeah. And so you have all those things, and it's just so special. It's immaculate. But when Tiger Woods showed up, a week and a half ago, nobody actually thought he was going to really play. Did you think he was going to play? I, I had a strong feeling. That he was going to play. Before the practice rounds, yeah, well, you thought he, he was going to play. He showed up. Why would he show up? He, like, he's not the ambassador type. He's not a celebrity <laughs> appearance type. He doesn't want to shake hands, kiss babies, do autographs. He does not. If he's showing up, he's showing up to play. He does. Now, I wasn't positive because I was like, oh, I'm not, I could be wrong about this. But, my God, please, 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 please let him play. And he's playing. 
And he played well. He did se. play well. He had a couple times he, he got into some trouble, but found a way to get out of some trouble, had a couple of really good saves. And it was just really fun to just watch him. And Thank you. Just to see him out there competing. You understand, a year and a half ago, nobody thought, I mean, we talked about maybe he's going to lose a leg or that he'd never play again. And it was like golf's greatest hero, my generation's greatest hero, especially when it comes to golf, all of a sudden was gone, yep. right? We'd already lost Kobe Bryant. Now we're about to lose Tiger Woods. Luckily, we're still able to live. And now we were just waiting on his son, Charlie, to be the next one, right? Yeah. And instead, Tiger's playing like 400 days later. It's like I, you didn't think it could happen. And now that he's actually out there competing, his swing looks great. He's not trying to overswing or, like, do too much. He's just playing within himself. And him just being out there is a win. And it's a win for golf in big time because the ratings are through the roof. Yep. And it's crazy. I was listening to uh, Morning Joe, which I listen to sometimes when I get back from dropping the kids off. And they were talking about who has like a, a, a tick up, like who's in a, a positive direction, right? They're, they're going in a positive way. And they're like golf and Tiger Woods. They're like, when this guy shows up, literally the ratings double, like yes. over double. And it's not even close. And nobody else moves the needle in any other sport like that. And it's like, it's not even does he move the needle, but he is the needle. So I, to I was talking about this with Dan Hicks of NBC Sports Golf the other day. Yes. Like when the NBC has a golf event, you know, Dan's on the broadcast. And so Dan joined me on the show here in Charlotte. And I said, explain this to me as best you can. Why I have some people saying, oh, you know, this whole Tiger excitement, it's ridiculous. He's not really going to win the tournament. You know, he's just there for appearances. He's passed 11% of the money that was bet was on him. I had a guy telling me a year, two years ago, you know, Tiger's done, right? This is every time he shows up, he doesn't have a real chance to win, so on and so forth. Now he won the Masters in 2019, okay? And in January, to your point, when he played that, that Pro-Am or whatever it was with Charlie, the issue wasn't, you know, his swing, his swing mechanics, no, the ball striking. Yeah. It was that he had he couldn't walk. He couldn't walk. So he Can't rode walk the golf 18. cart. Yeah. Now, now he can walk is what it seems like. Now yeah. he can walk. And let's be real. Like right now, we're sitting here on Friday, day two of the Masters underway. You got Sung Jae-im, who's atop the leaderboard at, at five under. Cameron Smith, the Australian at four under. Dustin Johnson, 2020 Masters champion, also at four under right now. DJ's playing really nice. Would you – I mean, how – is it not uh, – it's not it, – <clears throat> Dan Hicks said it best. Like, would we care as much if Tiger weren't here? Yes, we would care because we like golf. <laughs> Tiger amplifies it. Like, it's exponential more excitement now that Tiger's there. So that's what he said. And yeah. He's the golf expert. Absolutely. He said the same thing. He's like, I don't understand why anybody would argue that. <laughs> Tiger makes this more fun. He makes this more exciting. He makes this more watchable. The ratings go up. Tiger fucking Woods is there. Let's all, <laughs> let's, let's all be excited about that. It, it's funny because... And I feel bad for so many other golfers or people that are fans of other golfers. And I'm fans of other golfers, too. But it's like you, you didn't hear a peep about anybody until Tiger was done with his 18. Yeah. They talked about Cameron Smith a little bit just because he was in the leaders. You know, he was six under. Then on the 18th, he had a double bogue, set him back down to four. That's golf, right? Yep. yep. That's golf. So you got to be able to scramble and make shots. Everybody understands it. But when Tiger shows up, man – that's all they talk about. And everybody understands why. It's like, man, he is the needle. He moves everybody emotionally towards golf. And that's because what the guy said this morning was he raised the whole generation and put them towards golf. Like, young people that play now all play because of Tiger Woods. A lot of them do. Most of them do even. Right. They grew up like, man, I want to be like Tiger Woods. That's right. why they all start playing golf. So you have a whole generation that was raised on 
the greatest golfer in our lifetime who we ever seen yep. is Tiger Woods. And so he is the anomaly. He is the outlier. He is all of those things and all of the above when you talk about him. You can't say enough things about him. And it's just really cool to see our hero back out there playing, not only playing, but competing and doing well. And, uh, you know, he had a couple of great shots yesterday. He almost made that. You know, he hit it to about a yard and a half oh, away from the par three oh, at like 186. It. So yeah. it was great. Like, and just hearing the roar, right? The return of the roar. You've heard him talk Ooh. about it before. And just let this guy be in contention on Sunday. The world will be on buzz alert and it, nobody's going to be able to do anything. Two points. The first thing you said a second ago, on April 13th, 1997, I was 11 years old sitting in an <laughs> Applebee's in Richmond, Virginia as a kid. <laughs> Watching Tiger demolish the field and his first yeah. ever Masters win. I, I really started to be intrigued by golf that day, and right. I would go on to start playing a little bit of golf. It was like Tiger was a re a, the biggest reason why. Second thing, right as I was pulling up to your place a little while ago, I'm on the phone with our buddy Leo Mazzoni, oh. you know, longtime Braves yes. pitching coach. He's coming on the show today. Baseball's to coming back, started so back yesterday. He was going to come on yesterday, right? Yesterday was day one of the Masters and opening day of Major League Baseball all at the same time. So Leo was going to jump on, but he goes, I'm going to be at the Masters. And I was like, <laughs> awesome, even better. We'll do it Friday. So I'm talking to him as I'm pulling up in your driveway earlier, and he was like, it was fucking electric when Tiger was there. It was electric. And I was like, God, I can't wait to hear about this on, on the show later today. But like, he was there, and he was like, it was electric with Tiger down there yesterday. It's amazing how many people follow him or just want to be a hole or two in front of him just to see him swing a golf club. Yeah. And that's who everybody shows up to see, and you, nobody can deny it. Kyle. No. It's like, I mean, people that try and say these things or I hear people that still are mad at Tiger or or want to say he's this, this and this. I'm like, look, I mean, people can have their own opinions and that's fine. But I know this man has been in the limelight and has been a special player since he was like, what? I, I have to check out this one video that the Golf Channel I saw on Instagram they were featuring because when he was six years old, he played in some tournament with his dad versus some other like semi-pro mm -hmm. young lady that was coming up in California and everybody knew when this kid was everybody like everybody knew four or five six years old everybody knew. he was different he was different and yeah I mean look I, there's a lot we could say about him but like I, I like watching Dustin Johnson I like watching Roy I, McElroy. I like watching Justin Thomas I like what I mean your guy Xander, Xander Shoffley like I like watching all these I'm guys. a Xander guy I know you are but like <laughs> I, I there's nothing that's like Tiger being in the field and I'm not sure there ever will be again I, I don't think it will I'll go out on a limb and say it won't nobody even even Brooks Kepka, right he comes off as kind of like cocky arrogant Aloof, kinda, yeah right yeah. But, but like when it comes to the majors he shows up John Rahm fun to watch I love as he's the betting favorite this week. as my guy Chip Chip Patterson would say big butt John Rahm big right? butt John Rahm that's we and John Rahm kind of dude he shanked one bad yesterday I almost hit DJ did you see that I did not see it was that. hilarious was it, was it? oh it was really funny oh, I gotta see that he shanked bad I missed it but anyways it, it's just, I will go out and let him say nobody else will do it. Hmm. Nobody else will be able to hold down and do what he's been able to do and win as many tournaments. It, it's, it's, golf is too competitive now. And even when it was starting to get competitive because of him, he still was able to blow him out of the water. And now that he's older and still has the ability to be able to keep up with some of these young guys that can just bomb it out there, it really shows you how strong he is mentally, that his mental toughness is – one of a kind. Like nobody else is built like this man to be able to come back from all these things and still go out there and compete. And not just compete, but like 
Well, be up, be up there with the best in the world. I, lo I love the question he got from the reporter a couple of days ago. The reporter stood up and said, you know, a while back you said that you would he never, would never show, show up, up to an unless you, you know, were there, you can win. <laughs> Do you think you can win? Like, what were you expecting him to say? He didn't hesitate. No, actually, I've changed my mind. I'm here to sign autographs this week, <laughs> and uh, just I want to make it through four days and walk the course and get some exercise. He didn't hesitate. What did you think he was going to say? I mean, if you ask him that question, there's no way he's going to say, well, you know, He'll never question his ability or who he is. No. Because that's what's got him where he's at, right? Sure. Well, I mean, he's watching Tom. I'm sure he's watching Tom Brady continue to, you know, go until oh. he's in his mid-40s, come back. I mean, t t I bet you, realistically or not, Tiger is right now thinking, I got enough left to catch Jack. I, there's no I doubt he's thinking that. enough left to catch Jack. You know he's thinking that. <laughs> there's no and doubt. if he were to win this weekend, he'd be two away from catching Jack. So yeah, and it was time for the mini uh, green jackets. Right. So like, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Like he he might not play well here on day two. He tees off in about two hours. So we're going to find out. But I'm excited to watch him play. I really am. Can I go back since we're doing a shorter episode today? Uh, because in part we travel all the time. You're leaving to go back out of town. But I've yep. got I've got something cool cooked up for next week uh, for us moving forward. So we're going to make this a quick one. We wanted to touch some base here. But you and I actually haven't talked on the podcast since Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock at the Oscars. <laughs> And I know that's like old news, ancient news at this point, but I haven't talked to you about this. I just saw something else pop up, like the latest Will Smith update on Google News, and it just reminded me to ask you, what did you think of that? Because the entire country freaked out about that, and everybody had an opinion on Will Smith slapping the shit out of Chris Rock. And, I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's uh, like... A bottom line is you can't do it. Can't do it. All right? Now, if, 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 my, if I feel like somebody's offending my wife and that I need to come to her protection, mm -hmm. then I got to step up and be that, right? That's sure. what I'm called to do as her husband. Trey Boston said the same thing to me on the air, like when it ha the day after it happened. He's like, Kyle, what are you going to do if somebody disrespects your wife? And I was like, probably the same thing if right. I have to. You got to, right? But you're at the Oscars. You're at the Oscars, though. Right. And Chris Rock is doing, like, a comedic, like, thing. Like, he's being a comedian right now, and he's on his stand-up. He's got the mic, right? One thing I learned from my boy Fast Freddy from back in the day is like, you'll never be more powerful than the person with the mic. Like, it's true. You'll never win. Right. All right. So I need to see Chris Rock after he gets off stage. hundred percent. Like that is when I'm going to try and make my peace or I'm going to try and make my emotions be known. Although he did open hand slap the man in front of the whole Which country. Which is so disrespectful. In front of the whole country. So disrespectful. And I got to give Chris Rock a lot of credit for taking the slap, not pressing charges, not escalating this thing like a lot of people wanted him to, right? So, and not being so West Coast or LA and being like, oh, all these other things. Chris Rock's like, you know what? I'm gonna be an adult. I'm gonna I'm handle it. It's cool. But I, I mean, I was definitely shocked. I didn't believe it when I first heard about it because I actually don't watch the Oscars, I don't so either. I was asleep. I had no. So when no. I saw all the memes and what happened, I couldn't believe it. And it was a it was a freaking hard ass slap. I mean, it came straight from the hip. It wasn't a roundabout oh, way yeah. about it. Was it was torquing that. It thing, was too. like shapam. Like he kept the hand tucked too. Like he, man, didn't, he didn't telegraph. Well, it. no, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't show his hand at mm -hmm. all. Chris Rock was like, "Oh, Will's coming." Why is Will just walking at me right now? Yeah, and oh. he's trying. He tried to hold, you know, hold uh -oh. peace, and he was like, "Man." So there's no part of you that felt like that was staged. That that was fake, because a lot of people tell me that they it's still. Like, I don't know if they're the majority or not, but there are people out there that think the whole thing was staged. Uh, well, so the only reason I would have even thought it was staged because Chris Rock took it so well. He took it really well. Like, <laughs> he did. He, he didn't stumble. Base. Like he had a good base. Yeah. Like, right? And he was like, and when it came, he was like this, and like yeah. he, he didn't stumble at all. He didn't stumble. No. He didn't. He didn't stagger back. 
He didn't, was a much bigger man than Chris Rock. Too. Yeah, he didn't be like motherfucker, like da da da. He didn't none of that. Right. He's just like whoa. Yeah. I don't so, know. So for me, that was the part that kind of threw me. But the more you look at it, I'm just like, I mean, who stages? I mean, Chris Rock has never staged himself that getting slapped. That was my thing, too. It's like, <laughs> first of all, the, the hour before that happened, you couldn't have found anybody in America who hated Will Smith. You might not like Will Smith. You might not be crazy about Will Smith. You might not even care about Will Smith. But I don't, you, I, who hated Will Smith before that? So like his Q rating had so, to be like 99 so before he did that. Why do people hate him now? Because he committed an act of violence on Chris Rock in front of the whole country. That's what I've been told. I mean, I don't know. But I <laughs> like, mean, dude, I don't, it ain't got nothing to do with me. Well, so like, like, Chris Rock and Will Smith don't need the publicity. Will Smith was up there accepting the award for best actor for King Richard. Yeah. I mean, Chris Rock is one of the most famous comedians of all time. He's, I think he's on tour right now. He's going to sell out everywhere he goes because he's Chris Rock. So, no, yeah, but then he the, got slapped on national TV and everybody's he, ready for him to like, come like, back. What man wants to, who's going to stage it so that everyone remembers for the rest of the time you getting slapped you know somebody slapping the shit out of you on national tv because you still got to live with that the rest of your life that thing's gonna be played in perpetuity for the next 150 years it ain't going nowhere kyle so i I don't really want that if i'm him i don't want that video being circulated for the next century no that's not what i want to be remembered at the end of the day i don't think it was staged i think it was ridiculous um I, i said earlier i don't know the extent to which chris rock knew that jada pinkett smith suffers from alopecia if he knew that I think medical conditions personally are something you should stay away from when, you, when you're doing stand-up. How long has she had alopecia, though? I don't know, because I don't watch their shit. I mean, I, I've always... I don't either. And Jada Pinkett's had short hair for a very long time now. Yeah, I mean, their whole roundtable family thing they do on Facebook is cool and all for anybody who wants to watch it. I just, to me, it's, it's what little bit I do know about it. It's cringeworthy how much of their own personal business they put out there for the world to know. Um, so I've never really been into that. But, I mean, I, my first thought was, did he know she suffers from that? And if he did... And did it anyway, and especially if he knew that it was, you know, it was a sensitive thing, which of course it would be. I mean, I know people who have alopecia, and they're very self-conscious about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie Villanueva, who played in the NBA, remember him? He had, yep. you know, alopecia. I think KG, I think Kevin Garnett, he did. He said some awful about shit it. to him about it when he on did. the floor one time. Yeah. So, like, my first thought was if Chris Rock, well, Villanueva that, had something else because he didn't have eyebrows. Well, that's still alopecia. Oh, is it? Okay. It's just, your hair all over your body can be affected. So, oh, okay, okay. I didn't so know. I was like, okay, that's a medical condition. I think comedians should have wide latitude to do pretty much whatever they want. That's what makes stand-up comedy great. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I've always felt like you know medical conditions should be off limits, but neither here nor there, I guess. I mean, Will Smith, Jesus. Um, I mean, I think that guy. Uh, she's out here talking about August, what's his face? And, you yeah. know, I mean, uh, he's a broken man right now, dude. He is. Will's kind of all over the place. He gained weight, lost weight. Yeah. It stinks. It does stink. Yeah, I hate it, it for stinks. him. It stinks. I'm not. But I'm, I'm a. I'm, he's but he's going to handle it, though, and he's still going to come out with another movie or two in a couple years. He'll it, be it, just fine. It won't impact fine. him at all. No. It, not even a little bit. And so I don't feel bad for him. He made a mistake, and hopefully he can learn from it, number one, and be better. What else have we not talked so about? So I was going to say, too, is that, you know. Let's keep I, jumping we, we around. Made, we made staggered Have trips. we talked about New Deshaun Orleans? Watson? Well, we haven't talked about New Orleans. Because we have made we staggered talked about trip New to New Orleans just last we week. We did. All right, let's jump on that. Well, so because last week, you know, I fly down for a couple of days, quick work trip to New Orleans. I thought I was going to meet you down there. I thought so, too. And then, you know, the plans changed. But, you know, I had to get back a little earlier than, plan- than I anticipated. Yeah. But, man, I hadn't been in New Orleans in like 12 years. Yeah, you called me. FaceTime me. I, yeah, from Bourbon Street. From Bourbon Street. He's like Roman. Surrounded by snakes. Surrounded by snakes. <laughs> I'm like, is this a movie, Kyle? What? It's like, dude. My boy Kyle s- looks over at me. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm calling Roman. I got to figure out what the fuck's going on. Here. He's like, dude, snakes. I'm like, what? What are you talking about, Kyle? Dude, I, turn, I look around, and there's some, what are those hoverboard things called? 
Are they, is that they're called hoverboards? Yeah, yeah just call them hoverboards. There's so. a man with, on a hoverboard with a ball python or whatever the hell the thing was. I, I mean, saw that yellow one too. Let me tell you, I turned around. When I was down there, there was I saw the it. head of a ball python, a massive one, within a foot of my face. And you can imagine what my reaction was. Yeah. So, I mean, Bourbon Street, man, New Orleans is a wild place. We get off, we get off the airport, we get out of the airport, right? Was it uh, Louis Armstrong Airport or whatever? Uh, it's not that one anymore. They renamed it. I thought they renamed it. I don't know. I th- I well, that saw- was the old one. Okay, I thought I saw that, but anyway, like we, we it might still out, be named that. And like you, you know, the palm. You, the first thing you see is the palm trees. We jump in an Uber to go to the airport. We're staying at the Renaissance down the French Quarter. And as soon as we jump in the Uber, the guys listen to ninety point seven smooth jazz. Like I mean, just the uh, the nonprofit, community run, community uh, funded. You know, it's just all jazz and blues. I mean, it's the most New Orleans sounding r- radio station that you could hear right when you jump in the Uber coming out of the airport. So it was a short trip, and I can't wait to get back here in a couple of months. But uh, I don't think I could have made – I couldn't have – I squoze more out of 48 hours in New Orleans than I thought was possible. I mean, I went and got gumbo and gator bites, and, I, you know, I, I, we did everything. At a Kyle, trip. you got to do it all, man. Uh, the food down there is amazing. Oh. Um, I, man, I stayed for the games. I know you did. I, I hate you didn't get to stay for the games, which was amazing. Eh, I, I thought had to make I a thought you call. were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Camille and, and, the, and the baby. So I, I get it. You totally made the right decision. But the environment, the fans, the games, those three games were outstanding, Kyle, right. for Final Four. Right. They were crazy good. All right. You had Villanova versus Kansas, which, lucky for me, I won my bracket because I picked Kansas and brag on myself, tap myself on the back of the shoulder that, hey, after the Sweet 16, I was in last out of 12 in my bracket. And then I made the comeback because everybody else picked Gonzaga or Arizona or somebody else. Even my dumbass brother picking Wisconsin. Uh. <laughs> Don't even know why. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he had Wisconsin beating Kansas in the final. Stupid. So, anyways, I'm the only one that picked Kansas, so I won. And Villanova, Kansas was a good game. Wasn't the greatest game because it got the score kind of got away from him because Villanova, obviously, their second best player got hurt the last week before. But Gillespie and those other guys battled their butts off. And then Kansas came away with the win. Then the Duke North Carolina game that night, Kyle. I mean, everybody was hair on their arms were standing up at this game. It was like rivalry times 20. And all I could stop, all I couldn't stop thinking about was, man, this is like Alabama Auburn. But a, for basketball, mm-hmm. this rivalry is deep. And the hatred, the fans, they were so passionate. Me, I was just, I was just there for the ride because I didn't even care who won. I was just there. <laughs> and nobody sat down the whole game, Kyle. Yeah. Not one time did anybody sit down. Maybe during halftime, they all sat down. But other than that, Kyle, nobody sat down. And to see Duke be up that much and then Carolina go on that run in the second half to close it down, and then eventually take the lead and then hold on. The Duke fans were just just beyond sad, Kyle. Bro. They were hurt, bro. Oh. In that building, Kyle, they were, like, about to cry. Because in their mind, they're like, there's no way Coach K was going out like this. To lose to North Carolina the last two times they played them. And just the way it happened, the way that they were up, and then they lost it. And they were just in shock, in awe, that they lost. Yeah, and I, I, the thing was, like, you and I have very different perspectives on that weekend because I was there Thursday, all day Friday, flew back late Friday night. So I was there with all the coaches, all the media types, talking to Clark Kellogg, you know, when he was yeah. there before the game and, you know, listening to guys that were there talk about what they thought would happen. A lot of people thought North Carolina would win the game. Um, well, if you look at it, North Carolina had more pros on the court than any other body in, that, in the Final Four. Well, yeah, sure. North Carolina, the Baycock, 
manic. Well, I mean, that, that, that's debatable, though. I'll say this, because Duke fans will tell you they've got four or five you know, NBA guys on their team. I think Caleb Love can play in the NBA. They're, they're young, though. They young. are. They are, no doubt. Youth. That, see, and that, there is definitely that difference in those two Youth. teams. But, like, when I got back late Friday night, settled in Saturday, you know, to watch the game, and I saw what was there. Like, I was walking around New Orleans Thursday and Friday, and I didn't see very many Duke fans. Um, R.J. Was, Davis, you don't think these guys are going to play in the league? Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, I've talked to Darty. Me and Darty were arguing about this yesterday. He doesn't think Armando Bakeout would have even been a first-rounder 20 years ago, much less today. Um, and he's not, he doesn't think he's a, a real NBA player. What? So, I, I don't know. The I mean, dude had 20-some average 20-some rebounds. I know. He just broke David Robinson's <laughs> double like, doubles record like, in the regular season. And Darty's like, nah, he's not that good. I'm like, <laughs> But listen, you know basketball better than I do. You, and I, let me not put words in Darty's mouth. He was like, he's not NBA good. And I was like, well, he would have been a first-round pick 25 years ago. And he was like, well, 25 years ago was Tim Duncan. You think he's good, as good as Tim Duncan? I was like, no, that's not what I'm saying. But he did, by the way, just break Tim Duncan's single-season double-doubles record. <laughs> Literally did that this year. Yes. So the game's changed. I mean, I, I, Armando Baycott, I don't know where he has a place in this game next. And boy, wouldn't Carolina fans. Dude, he's he Tristan back. Thompson right now. He could be. You know what I mean? Like, it's something about saying, like, and he's big. He's a big dude. 6'10", 250, I think. He, yes, yeah. he's big. So, he defends the rim. He gets every rebound because of his size and ability to block out. Yep. All right? Manic can straight up shoot it. And he's tall and big. Yep. But Manic can shoot it. Yep. All right? Love is a shot creator. He shot too much in the championship game. And he was hurt. They should have subbed him. R.J. Davis is a shot creator. He won the game for North Carolina early in the tournament himself. So I just thought they had more pros, and they just ran out of gas. They didn't have enough. And also, um, uh, 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 Black, Leaky Black getting in foul trouble hurt him oh, too. Oh, hurt a lot. Versus Kansas, because he's a great wing defender versus uh, Kansas' best uh, So I don't player. know how much this matters, but like we were saying about Kansas all week, and, and after, especially after the Final Four, but Bill Self has been saying this about his team, they, they probably have the best team. They did have the best team in the country in 2020. There was no NCAA tournament, right? Mm -hmm. So they felt like they were robbed of an opportunity to, to win a title that year. And so, you know, I, we're walking around. I think we're on Canal Street maybe Thursday night. Mm -hmm. and It's a great street. We walk the entire Kansas basketball team all in one group walks right by us. Well, when they even look at them after they did the interview at the post game, coach was like, I can't separate these guys. This, right. This, bring the whole team up. So Just he, brought the whole team. So they <laughs> kept saying, Bill kept saying, this is not my most talented team. Uh-huh. But these guys play together. And they, they play do. For, they play for each other. And I was, and it, it really dawned on me. I was like, the whole team's out here. And they, they all look like they like each other. Like, we're walking on Canal Street. And like I went with my guy, Colin. I was like, okay, that's Kansas. That's Colin Gillespie. Oh, that's Agabi. Oh, these guys, oh, they're hanging out. Like, they actually like each other. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because that's not uncommon. Like, a right, lot of right. guys. But you don't always see that. No, not at all. Especially when you get to, like, a, a different place. Everybody has their own agenda. They right. want to go hang out. They want to go eat. Absolutely. Everybody kind of separates. But I, that's really cool that they do that. And everybody contributed in that game. Everybody. The, my favorite part was when you know, North Carolina's up 15. They go into halftime. I'm sick. I'm like, dude, I'm going to freaking lose my bracket. I'm, I'm going all rock chalk today. And I'm just a little sad. And then all of a sudden, they go on this run in the second half. And because um, – and also another thing, I was amazed at how many people were rooting for North Carolina in that building that weren't North Carolina fans, but were really just rooting 
for Hubert, Hubert Davis yeah. to win. Yeah. Like, a lot of people like, I just like North Carolina's coach. Yeah. That's all they wanted. Well, Hubert also, you know, owed Kansas one. 1991, they lost, he lost in the Final Four to Kansas. Oh, yes, I read about that. Yeah, and so that, you know, I think if they win that, yeah, if they win that game, they, they face Duke in the national championship game. So, you know, it all, that loss stuck with him. Hubert said he's watched it once a year, every year since it happened. Like, if he needs a good cry, he goes and watches that game. So, you know, I was – like, the way they played in the first half, too, on Monday night, I was like, Hubert just reminded those boys. They owe, Kentucky, they owe Kansas one from Did 91. you see his energy on the sidelines? Oh, I love Hubert. He was all into that game. And, um, you know, I, I remember so vividly right there in front of me watching one of their, one of their players took a charge – on the side by the sideline and dude he lost it he was so excited for his team firing up his players and they really just kind of ran out of energy and once Kansas got on that run they didn't stop him but man that kid uh Brown was it's spelled Braun but he enunciated Brown yeah when he scored that one bucket he was great in the second half and dude he looked at the Kansas fans and was like like went to cussing and was like Da, 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 mother, these motherfuckers can't stop me. Nah. And then he was like, you could just read his lips. I don't know if they showed it on TV, but you could read his lips easily inside the arena. He was like saying the B word and everything, bro. He was like all in. So it was just really cool seeing all these young people show so much emotion, how back and forth the game was. It was a tight game up until the very, very end when Kansas won it, man. It was great. It was awesome to see. And um, just – and then I went to Bourbon Street afterwards, Kyle, just to watch it, just to walk. I saw a couple of the police officers I know down there, dapped them up, saw everybody, kind of walked the side streets and stuff, just to people watch. It's amazing people watching oh, in New Orleans. I think that's one of the more underrated things that people don't do enough of is just people watch. That's what I – it's funny <laughs> you said that. Like, we, we walked multiple laps on Bourbon Street, you know, and I wasn't there to party the same way that I was the last time I was there. So, like, I was – Sober, you know, and I was walking around like observing. I was sober after the game. I didn't drink the whole day. Right. Well, you know, exactly. So I'm walking around like this is the greatest people watching of all time. <laughs> right. And you got these girls that walk up with wagons and they're selling stuff. And you got people with snakes and you got all the, I mean, people that are from all over the place that just came there to get wrecked. Um, Mike Young, head coach at Virginia Tech, just won the ACC tournament. I run into Mike at a restaurant when I get off work on Thursday, say what's up, run into him later on Bourbon Street that night. And I didn't think much of it. You know, he's standing there like everybody else. Everybody's in town. Everybody's having a good time. Just threw my hand up, kept walking, everything else. And the next morning, I see uh, a North Carolina Tar Heels reporter had pointed out, Mike Young's here holding court on Bourbon Street, and he's standing under a strip club sign. And I'm like, well, shit, to be fair, you can't walk 50 feet on Bourbon Street without standing under a strip club sign. Yeah, they're kind of everywhere. I mean, the Larry Flint Hustler Clubs are like, you know, 100 feet, 100 feet apart from each other. I had some dude try to literally yank me into the executive club when I'm walking down the street there, just, you know, strolling a little bit. So, Oh, yeah, they, they, they try and get us all in there. There's they're, no place like it in the country. No, not, not where it's just like, well, not only that, but like. That's just one section of it. And I don't know how you live there for that long. Well, you get used to it. I don't even party on bourbon. Like, I, no, no, I, I know. I know that's the tourist thing to do. Right, right, right. Like, you but go the other places. that city is just a 24-hour party. A thousand percent. You know, and where my condo is in the warehouse district, man, it's, it's going down there the whole time. I don't doubt it. So, you know, it, it's, it's a fun place. They enjoy you. They never tell you to pour your drink out or don't have fun or we don't want the loud music here. No, it's pretty loud every night. And... This is just what they do. It's a whole vibe. It's the culture. And it's one of the greatest places. I love it to death, Kyle. And I lived there so long because I was just part of it. Like, you don't know. Like, I told you, I didn't even know New Orleans was so dirty until I moved to Charlotte. Uh, I was like, I mean, I just thought it was normal. It's a clean place. Yeah, I just thought it was normal. You just, you know, you got a drink. You don't see a trash can. Just drop it. <laughs> they pay people to clean that up. 
my extended family, the first time they came down from up north, I know we got to wrap this up, but they, when they came down for our wedding in 2018, they're all from way up north in New England, and they said, this place is so clean. It is. Charlotte's so clean. And Char- I'm like, Charlotte's yeah, an abnormally clean yeah, place. We do, we do keep it pretty clean. You know what? It's, no, it's filthy. Don't come. We, we got, it's no, a don't very clean city. No, it's, a, it's a horrible place to live. Don't come live here. We got no room left. Don't, don't Prices come are already jumping it's terrible. through the you don't roof. Wanna, you don't want to come here now. Just the, we, We're running out of room. But no, it's a, it's a fun city. And as someone who lived in Charleston, it's like a slower, slightly smaller it version is, it of is. New Orleans. Char- yes, yes, but it is. But New Orleans is just on 100 all Char- the time. Charleston allows you to drink, walk around with drinks? Uh, ish. King Street, you know, down there, Calhoun, that area. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It's fun. You can go over to, like, Shim Creek uh, on the but water. But you can't just walk. Can you walk around with beers, though? Like, beers. Certain you got to have a, a Yeah, certain cup. places you can get away with it. Uh, yeah. They won't bother you. But, like, you go to certain beaches and stuff, the cops will come right up and ruin your day. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a little different. But, uh New Orleans was fun. I'm glad we got a chance to catch up. You got a bolt. I got a bolt. But uh, we're, we're back next week when you return. And I'm working on something for us next week. So uh, good stuff. We got this in. Hey, man. Great job, Kyle. Uh, man, we got to talk about a little bit of NFL, too, man. Uh, like, it's also the offseason, so we got some time. I know, I know, I know. But it's still interesting at all times. Um, so it's just really cool. Not only that, but Steve Wilkes jumped into the thing with Brian Flores about the the uh, suing the, the teams and the, the hiring processes. So we got a lot to un cover and untuck with all these things that's going to be coming up next week. Love it. We'll talk to you next time. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey.